Welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Today, guys, I'm super excited about this show. But first, I got a couple of things I want to go over with you. So sit back and just listen to me for a second. It won't take long. The first thing I've got to talk to you about is the PIA Virtual Value Experience. That is October 20th through the 22nd of this year. And they have five of the biggest names in the industry in one place for one week, providing you content, letting you interact with them, letting you get involved. They've got Seth Zaremba. They've got Sydney Rowe, Bradley Flowers, Christian Moore, and Scott Howell. Yes, those five names all week long, hanging out with you, giving you value. And on the Thursday, October 22nd at one o'clock central, they're going to do a live, I said a live agency panel discussion. You're not going to want to miss this. Reach out to Stacy at the PIA. Her email address is Stacy, S-T-A-C-I at P-I-A-A-R.com. I'll put her email address in the show notes so you can reach out to her and find out all the details that you need to know. Secondly, You've got to check out my man Tolga over at Canopy Connect. He is our show sponsor for today, and he does a great job taking care of that back and forth that you have to go through with your prospects to get all that information. You don't have to chase those people down anymore. You don't have to go back and forth. You have one button you click. One click, and you have all the deck pages, policy information, driver's license information, everything you need right there to quote your prospects that much faster. If you want to learn more, go to app.usecanopy.com backslash my name Heath. So that's app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. And you'll get discounts. You can set up your demos, get to know Tolga and his team. You're going to love it. Now on to today's episode, I've got my man Gardner Burton of Consolidated Insurance Consultants. We have a great discussion. You're going to love it. This guy is all over the place. He's involved in the PIA both nationally and locally, he's involved in the Arkansas Hall of Fame on the Insurance Hall of Fame board. He is also involved locally in the Chamber of Commerce and the Shriners of, uh, of America and the Shriners Hospital. Dude, he's awesome. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my man, Gardner Burton. Gardner Burton, my man, how you doing? Good morning. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Mayor, yeah. I'm so glad you agreed to come on with me as we've been friends now. Has it been 15 years? It's been a it's, long time. It's It's got to be close to that. It's Man, you were just a baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember you were one of the first people I met in the industry, and I've always been drawn to you. We've served on some boards together. We've been a part of this industry together for a long time and uh i i appreciate you and i've been waiting to finally nail you down but you're a busy guy well it's 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 a pleasure to be here but it, it's you know anything for you heath you you're a uh, uh you're one of the folks in the industry that really uh is out there trying to connect everybody and and make them part of the insurance team so i appreciate what you're doing Man, I, I'm trying to just take my uh, leadership from you, and I've learned a lot from you over the years. So um, before we get into some sob story and bromance talk here, let's uh, let's uh, let's take the audience down memory lane and get to know Gardner Burton a little bit. Take me back as far as you want to, and bring me up to where you are today. <laughs> well, um, I guess uh, uh, I've always enjoyed sales. 
I really have. That's been one of my one of my uh, uh, one of my uh, tools that I can pull out of my bag just about at any time. Uh, one of my favorite jobs was at, at Home Depot, believe it or not, years and years and years ago. Uh, it was back when Home Depot was fresh and new, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, employees were really running the stores. Uh, it wasn't uh, something from the top down. It was really okay. Here's here's your area. Make it work. And uh, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, I enjoyed helping people. Uh, there were there were real concerns when folks would come in the store, and and I enjoyed watching them walk out the door with the confidence to do whatever project they were going to do. Um, I, it, retail is, if, any, if anybody has been out there in the retail world, retail is, is a, a, a wild scheduling uh, monster. You know, you might go in at six o'clock one day uh, and leave at three and the next day go at two and leave at 11. So um, it, uh, it certainly put uh, a lot of pressure on my wife and I when we wanted to start a family to try to get some sort of normal schedule. And I had a friend of mine in the uh, title and abstract business who needed a marketing rep and uh, basically said, well, you can sell ice to an Eskimo. Uh, come, come join me. And so I said, okay, all right, I'll do that. And uh, uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, uh, and I got to learn a lot about the finance world in the, in closing homes and closing uh, the sales of businesses and homes uh, through title. Uh, learned a lot about the mortgage companies and how they really work behind the scenes. Uh, learned a lot about the insurance agencies and how they work behind the scenes. And, and some time went on and my buddy had, a, uh, had his business and it was doing just great, but there was no upward mobility for me. I, was, I had peaked at that, at that uh, opportunity. And I started to look for other options. And I uh, was lucky enough to uh, have the conversation with my uncle, uh, Daryl Burton. Uh, and he has two daughters and they, uh, neither one, wanted to get into the insurance business. And he asked me, he said, you have some background through title and this, would you be interested in? He said he was getting to, he was not to the age to retire. However, he had the forethought to, to say, hey, you know, I've got to get some sort of plan in place, you know. Uh, and, you know, obviously I, I'm a generation younger and uh, I guess a sucker. No, no, that's not right. But uh, uh, <laughs> he uh, he uh, said, "Why don't you come in for a year or two and see see how you like it?" And that's in 2003. That's what I did. Uh, we started uh, working together. Um, at the time, he was working on DOS computers with one printer that chugged out all the paperwork. If you printed out a a policy, it might take an hour to print the policy out. It was uh, different times. However, I think it's fair to say, and I think you came in approximately that same time, didn't you? Um, that uh, yeah, I came in in two thousand and four. So I was I got my license in two thousand four. So yeah, uh, you were a year behind me. Then. That's um, right. I knew uh, it been a long time. You you can you can you then you got to see that most of the industry then as today was so far behind on the technology curve. Oh yeah, it's always been, but especially yeah, in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just a unique, I mean, you know, I, I was laughing back then at the DOS computer management system, yet that was one of the best ones that you could get at the time. You know, um, it rapidly 
you know, improved, but it was, uh, you know, teaching a dog, teaching an old dog new tricks. It was, it was tough to convince Daryl that we had to, uh, we had to, we had to move forward. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, I think uh, it's worked out for the agency to do so. Um, now I'm to the point. Here we are, 15, 16 years later. I'm, uh, I'm the one that's now behind. You know, instead of. Uh, you know, I'm the one that's saying, oh, what do we need all this fancy stuff for? You know, so you're the old curmudgeon now. I'm the curmudgeon now, you know. <laughs> the the full circle. There's, there's, that's something that a lot of insurance agencies, especially insurance agency principals deal with, and their staff that, you know, there's always new technology. And the, the old, you know, saying in insurance, as I've been in it, as soon as you get it all figured out, something new changes or something happens, this industry is always evolving and always changing, and you can never really figure it out. Right. It, it, it's constantly moving, you know, and I, I think, you know, I, it, it, I was, uh, I got agent of the year in 2007 uh, from the PIA. I, I'm very proud of that. Uh, new yeah, agent, you be. young agent of the year <laughs> when I was young. Uh, right. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, that's where I really got my foot in the door on the PIA. And one of the things that I, I noticed working with them is the emphasis on having a, uh, uh, a plan for the future, uh, something that, that Daryl had actually done. Uh, and, and I think that's very important for any agency owner out there to constantly think about where are you going to be? in 10 years? How are you going to get there? What, yeah. uh, what do you want your agency to look like? Whose hands do you want to leave it? I think that's, that's uh, if anything, the biggest lesson that he taught me was, was that it's someday you're not going to do this and you've got to have a, you've got to have a, a, an exit strategy. And I think that a lot of agencies, and I think that's cool if Daryl is, is far behind as he might have been in technology, but to be forward thinking of his perpetuation plan that's correct. It's something that a lot of people don't, and they end up having to sell their agency, or they end up having to come up with a different plan, or uh, sometimes they may have to close their doors because they don't have that plan. And so I think that's huge that he had that. And so moving forward from that, was that something, as you wanted to put your stamp on the agency, was that a difficult task for you? Was Daryl open to, once you kind of were his plan, did he just hand you the keys to the car? Did he drive for a while and you were in the passenger seat? What'd that look like? That that's a great question. Um, he drove uh, he drove the machine, I suppose, for the for a good while. Even even as I started to buy the agency, he he drove it. As I slowly uh, took ownership, uh, year after year, he would let let parts of the agency float into my hands. It was very gradual. Um, he was a great mentor. He uh, uh, allowed that process to happen and, and uh, in a way that I'm not sure I could have done it with anyone else. And, you know, it, it helps that it's, it was family. Sometimes it hurt that it was family. You know? Well, it kind, of, it kind of makes me think to use a football analogy of, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You know, you had Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench watching Brett Favre run his offense 
learning how to be a starting quarterback, a good Super Bowl winning starting quarterback in the NFL, as opposed to some of the other rookie quarterbacks that come in the league and get just thrown in the fire. They get, you know, their teeth kicked in a few years and then they end up getting dropped off the team because they weren't ready, so to speak. Right. So I think that, you know, Daryl treating you, you know, that way and letting you kind of watch from the bench and slowly, you know, get in a few plays here and there and then, you know, maybe start year three or four. I think that really probably helped you a lot. Um, and I think that's a smart way of doing things if you have that opportunity. It, 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 was, it, it was a fantastic opportunity to do it like that. And I, I was able to learn at my own speed, I guess you will. Um, some things I was a little more aggressive on. And some things like, you know, this is the corner, corner office in the, in the agency. And, and this was his office. And by golly, you know, that's the way it was. And, and he literally had to actually pack up and leave one day for me to go into the office and take it over. Uh, because I, I just wasn't going to let him go. You know? <laughs> so yeah. some of those things you said you were more aggressive on, you wanted to change pretty quickly into it. What were some of those things? Oh, I would think, uh, uh, I would think the way, some of the way we did business, um, uh, Daryl was always uh, focused on making sure that we, we did customer service, you know, took care of the customer, that type of thing. But with some of my background, I was able to anticipate things through the title world. I was able to anticipate things that a normal agent wouldn't be able to anticipate. For example, you know, I knew exactly how the closing company wanted the documents. And that's something you, you learn by fire if you do not know how how the closing companies want the documents. Um, I also learned that closing companies like to use insurance companies that some closing companies, some not so reputable closing companies, like uh, not all, like to use insurance uh, agencies as crutches. And if you didn't know that, uh, you could get uh, you could get in a, a unique situation. Let me let me explain that for you. For a lot of the time, closings are delayed. And one of the tactics is to say, well, we don't have your insurance information. Uh, and so the customer would then call the agency and say, you know, they don't have your insurance information. When, in fact, we had sent it, you know, a week, week earlier. One of the things that I, I learned on that is, is to uh, copy your customers in when you send things to closing companies. And that way they know that you've sent the information. Uh, but also, you know, it's it's the format on how you uh, you send it in. Um, the closing company, that's probably one of the most difficult jobs to have because basically they're collecting everything from insurance to inspections to mortgage information, so on and so forth. Anything you can make their, any way you can make their job easier makes you look like a superstar. So if you fill those cert certificates out, if you send them with a, and the exact wording of you need XYZ amount of premium at closing and send it to your agency. I always found that was a lot easier than sending it to the company because you never know if, if the money came in or not. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll tell them, and they're happy to do it as long as you tell them. Uh, insurance is contingent on uh, closing of this property and the collection of XYZ amount of premium at closing and sent to Consolidated Insurance Consultants, Inc., One Riverfront Place, Suite 720, North Little Rock, 72114. You know, I, I know that sounds like a lot of detail in that, but 
that tells them everything they need to do to make sure this entire transaction is processed efficiently and quickly. No, that's great. So you were able to use your expertise from the, the lending and the mortgage side that you had spent time doing, you talked about earlier, to build in, I'm guessing, some processes and procedures that maybe Daryl didn't have in place beforehand? Sure, because, you know, you send the certificate to the closing company and the mortgagee isn't correct. Or you forgot to put ISAOA on the, the certificate and then it's sent back. Anything you can do to eliminate the back and forth. Um, one of the things that I also have found, I won't let anyone take mortgagee information by phone. Okay. If someone calls wanting to change a mortgagee or or close on a piece of property, they have to fax us or email us a, a form. And they're happy to do that because they know if they send it to you, it's correct. And then if you have a piece of paper that has exactly the way they want it, you're not spending a lot of time going back and forth changing uh, the word capital, which is spelled one way, to capital spelled the other way. You know, it's 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 uh, uh, it's all about trying to make it a little more efficient. There you go, and efficiency is key nowadays, especially your money. personal ones. So efficiency what? is money. It sure is. And so, and, go ahead. Right. So it, are you is the man with a hundred pieces of paper on his desk, but I know <laughs> which one is which. So. <laughs> but yes, and that's a huge thing that uh, I preach to my kids and I preach to agents that I call on is efficiencies. And I've probably said it a few times on this podcast, but I feel like, as you mentioned earlier, time is money, efficiency is money. And if you can put in the, the correct processes, the correct procedures, understand those and follow that, then you're going to be more efficient. You're going to be able to make more money. You're going to have more time to focus on the things that matter in your agency Instead of, like you said, that back and forth that doesn't need to be had. Right. And so, would you say that Consolidated is heavier on the personal lines side because of some of the things that you knew coming into the agency? Well, that's an interesting, interesting uh, um, uh, thought. I, I really hadn't thought of it like that. We started the agency out with probably 30% uh, personal, 70% commercial, and we're now at a 60-40 split, um, which says a lot. Um, yeah, the 10% bump's a big bump. It, it's a bump. Uh, I don't know if that's that's truly my factor or or if uh, if it was just the evolving nature of the, uh, the, the industry. You know, one of the things that I always talk about uh, is 2008-2009 when the big recession, when, uh, you know, the good thing about living in Arkansas is we were already recessed. You know, we're already <laughs> down there, you know, uh, and everybody else just caught up with us. But but still, we had a big impact here. And and uh, the personal lines actually saved the agency, even though it was 40 percent of the uh, the book, because because uh, people still had to pay their mortgages. And people still had to keep keep everything going. Um, not to say that we lost all of our our commercial business, but you you definitely could see that that was a having your arsenal. As you well know, we're, we're a commercial-based agency, and we just kind of grew the personal line because the commercial folks wanted us to write the business. We ended up buying a book of business years and years ago that, that added to that, but, uh, and that's why we had to bring someone like Annetta Smith on to, to run the personal lines uh, uh, part of our, our agency. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, commercial lines agency and 
one of the things that, uh, you know, really got me when I was an agent, uh, not too long ago, actually, uh, I ran into you in a couple of niches and you'd always beat me dead government. Um, and so I want, is that something that was set up already by, you know, Daryl, or was that something that you kind of got into and, you know, how did you go about that? I know one of your niches that I ran into because we shared the same markets in certain places was that self-storage. Um, self-storage. And is that something that you, by design, or is that something Daryl already had in place? Well, I, I think what it, I think what we found was a need for agents in the industry to go out and visit with these folks and let them know what the true pitfalls of, of their exposure was. Um, you know, uh, sale and disposal of goods. That that's a that was a big part of being able to explain. Hey, listen, you know, I know if you're in the in, in self storage, you, you at at some point have some tenant that just leaves their stuff in there, and then you sell it. You know, because that's part of the contract. You know, if if they abandon their stuff in 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 your uh, storage unit, you have the opportunity opportunity to either dispose of it or or sell it to make up for for the lost rents and whatnot and uh, a lot of folks didn't understand that there are times when accidents happen and your manager may go out and unlock the wrong storage unit and sell the wrong stuff uh and and you need coverage for that and i think that that's that that's just an example in that particular in in so did you did you leave with did you leave with the education part of that with the niches or did you find the markets first? What leads your strategy to get into niches? If I've got agents listening to this podcast and they're thinking about getting into niches, is that something you lead with the carrier or do you lead with education? Do you find something that you love and then go after it or is it just accidental? How do you find yourself in a niche and be in an authority in that niche? Well, I, I think it's the education. I think, I think finding out the true needs of the client uh, is is the uh, is the uh, 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 key. Being able to walk into a self storage and and highlight the different parts of the uh, policy that will that will uh, that the customer can can see as a benefit to them. Uh, that's that's really what uh, you're after. How do you how do you allow them to sleep at night? How do you allow them to go and put their head on the pillow and say, I don't have to worry about this. The policy takes care of that. Right. Okay. Oh, are you there? Okay. So uh, once you figured out that knowledge that you had, you started sharing that, uh, then you found the markets from there or did you dive straight into it and just say, I'll find a market or you rely on brokers on that. Uh, and at what point would you tell an agent to get involved in an association? Like I know you're a part of, or to dive into their community. Well, I think community is where you start. Um, and that's where you ultimately, um, sometimes it's luck, you know, but, but you've got to be out there, right? You've got to be yeah. involved. Um, I, uh, uh, as you know, my, uh, we're friends. We, we, we've been around each other for a long time. You know, when I was a, a, a 13 years old, my mom passed away from colon cancer. So I have a very strong, I had a very strong relationship with my grandparents. So they were the big influences on me as I was growing up. And, you know, when I moved away 
uh, after college, started a new job, uh, didn't know I was out of town. I was in Anniston, Alabama. You know, I remember calling and, and just shooting the breeze with my grandparents and, you know, the topic came up. How do you, how do you get to know people in an area? And the first thing they said was go to church, which I thought was, which I thought was uh, an interesting, interesting way to join the community. Uh, and, and amazingly, when you do that, uh, it's not all about making money by going to church. It's about being involved in the community. It's about uh, that. That's how that's how I was able to put my foot in the door and just be a part of the community. Just I went to church doesn't mean I, I sold a thing. And, and to be honest with you, I, I didn't. But it allowed me to learn about the town that I was moving into. And it allowed me to, to see how the town functioned and so on and so forth. Uh, I was in sales then. I wasn't in, in, in insurance. But I think that that is a great segue into the industry that we're, that we're a part of. Uh, you know, Kurt Hetherington always said, that this was a noble industry. And I, I, I like to grab that and hold on to it um, and uh, uh, because it is. And the community is part of that. If you're not part of the community, then, then you, can't, you can't service any of your customers. Uh, one, of the, one of the cool things about being in insurance is you know, just by being an agent, what's going on in your town that a lot of people don't know what's happening at the chamber. You know, you know if a lot of uh, uh, building is going on in your community or if it's not. 2008, 2009, man, I knew before the recession hit that we were in for a tough time because all of a sudden, all of my artisans were going out of business because there was no tile work to be done. There was no carpentry to be done. There, and I knew that before the actual recession, recession hit. Um, so truly, the agents are, are the lifeblood of the, uh, of the, uh, the town you're in because they know how it's functioning. They know its pulse. They know where, where uh, things are going. I kind of went the weeds there. I apologize. But uh, no, I, I love that, you know, the words, you know, that our industry is a noble industry because for a long time, and even now, we're looked at as the car salesman sometimes, or we're seen at the bottom of the rung of, oh, it's just another salesman. But again, our industry is a noble industry. It's not an industry that's just to sell a policy. Now, there's the old 80-20 rule. There may be some of those that are just out to make a buck. But people like you and I are, that are members of you know the PIA or members of the big I or members of their associations and are involved in learning and want to do the right thing. I love that you call it a noble profession. Well, and, and I think you'll find that those that, that, that are not involved are not going to last long in the industry. Um, if you're not involved in your community, it's not going to happen. Um, one of the, one of the, the uh, best thing that ever happened to me was to get involved with the PIA. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is, you know, I would never talk to my, uh, my uh, competitors. Uh, you felt very, very guarded to share any information that, that, you, uh, that you had or any, any uh, it, it's really a false thing to say that you have an advantage because there's, there's really no such thing. You know, the, Every trick that I have, I have borrowed or stolen from somebody else. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. Uh, and I think it's, it's important what you're saying here. 
about being involved in the insurance community because you're right. You get to talk to those people uh, that are your competitors, but also developing relationships with your carriers. And I think, again, going back to my main theme throughout my podcast has always been relationships. And this business, as you said, it's a, it's a community, it's a family, however you want to say it. But you, of all people that I know in this industry, have some of the best relationships with your carrier reps. And I was talking to, I think I told you this the other day, I was talking to the president of a, uh, of a carrier not too long ago, and they mentioned your name and said, man, I love working with Gardner Burton. I'll do anything in the world for Gardner Burton. And I think that's huge. I think you some of that has to come from being involved at that level. I think it does. And I think it's, it, it's engagement. Um, I think it's being engaged with your your underwriting team. Um, as an agency owner, I think it's being engaged with with the presidents and vice presidents of your companies. Uh, it's it's very important to know the direction that the carriers that you work with are, are moving. And you cannot do that if you're not engaged with those individuals. And what better platform than 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 an association platform to be able to do that. Um, it's it's vital to your agency to know the direction. You know, there, there's nothing like having a number one carrier in your agency, the number one, the, the one that you have most of your business with, and then to find out they're moving in a completely different direction than you want to. Don't you want to know that sooner than later? Yep. I think, I think that's, that's vital, uh, um, you know, or you end up with with all, all your eggs in one basket and nowhere to turn. Uh, it's interesting that you, that, that, that we've kind of gone this way. One of, I guess, my mentors coming in, Daryl had hired a, 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 a former underwriter, uh, just kind of conned him, I guess you would say, into coming over. Hey, you're retiring. Don't retire. Come on over, you know, yeah. uh, uh, be with us. I don't think he'd mind at all if I said his name. His name was John Burnett. He was from uh, the old AIG, I believe, and uh, uh, he, he came over and he, he he really helped me, especially when I was prospecting. And he said, "You know, Gardner, you're always taking a policy away from somebody." That's pretty profound. You know, a lot of us think all we're doing is selling, but we're, we're taking a policy away from somebody. So you have to make sure that you're providing the same or better coverage than that than what you have, or offering something. That, that the current agent is not. Uh, and I think that the education part of that is is the tool. Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. It also, it all goes back to that knowledge is power thing and knowing and teaching and, and leading with that instead of leading with, uh, I'm going to sell you a policy. Here's your coverages. Here's your cheapest price. I think I, I like that you've, you know, throughout this conversation, it's been a knowledge thing. Going even back to the beginning days, you knew what you knew about mortgage and from title work. And then, you know, you learned about different things in the niches and now you're learning from your competitors and learning from, you know, underwriters who came into the agency. And I think you can pass that on to your client, educate them about the process, educate them about, you know, the different things that they need within their, their industry or their policy. That's a much better sell so to speak, than cost or leading with coverages or leading with a carrier. I, I, I like that you lead that way. I, I can't tell you that we sell everything based on the policy. I wish I could. The reality sure. is price, price sometimes wins. However, I think it's a benefit to you and I think it's a benefit to your clients to make sure that you have several options and you educate them on what their options are. Uh, uh, and, and 
they may not appreciate it today, but they're going to appreciate it down the road. Yeah, they are. Now is that's what you get. That's how retention is built. Uh, truly, that's how we do that. You're exactly right. Now, do you is that part of your onboarding process when you bring on a new client? Um, if you write a policy today, is part of your onboarding experience for them that that knowledge piece, or you know, how does that look for you? Well, I I, I truly believe believe in that. I believe in, in, in trying to give my clients all the information they need to make a, a, uh, a uh, informed decision. Um, sometimes that's easier said than done. Uh, uh, insurance is a, is, uh, insurance is a four letter word to some people. It, yes. Uh, risk is the four letter word, right? Uh, uh, it's it's something that, that they don't want to spend a lot of time on and they, they just want to, they just want to, there, uh, but it, it's vital that you you go through that. I think uh, I think you had a podcast with with uh, Cash, on, uh-huh. and he uh, he talked about uh, educating contractors on audits uh, and and how vital that is. And sure. I agree completely, um, uh, you know, and, and the same thing goes for a uh, 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 customers who whose uh, rate is based on sales. Hey. If your sales go up, you're you're going to pay a little more for that. But that's a good thing because your sales are going up, you know. Uh, and we've got to educate them so that you know there's nothing worse than a in an audit rolling around, and then all of the the sudden the carrier's not the bad guy, you know. It's it's the agent and the agency who's the bad. What do you mean? I've got to pay dollars <laughs> on this audit, you know. That, uh, yeah, especially when it comes to the workers' comp piece, when you know, you know. You don't educate them on the fact that, uh, you know, if your payroll changes throughout the year, you need to let me know. Or, you know, don't overshoot or undershoot just to save a dollar. You know, don't do certain things. I think that's crucial. I ran into that, you know, early days of selling insurance that bit me in the rear end because, you know, I had a, you know, somebody that was trained by an agent the wrong way of let's just put down a, a lower, you know, payroll just to get you a cheaper price. Right. And then at the end of that year, you know, they would have this huge audit. And so, um, you know, they were trained that way. So for me, having to educate them to say, no, it's, you'd rather have it correct. And that way you won't have this audit. And I ended up winning the customer because, you know, I, I was able to solve the audit issue. But it's an education thing that, um, you know, we need to make sure we continue with. And so I'm glad that's part of your onboarding process. And that's part of your experience working with Consolidated Insurance. Uh right. It's just like putting a, a, a new flooring in your house. Someone comes and gives you a bid to put the flooring in, and, well, son of a gun, they come in there and tear up the old floor, and, oh, my gosh, here's this issue. Well, if the customer's not aware that's a possibility ahead of time. That, that's a big issue right now, you know? Um, and I, I, I think it's, you know, just trying to put it in a, a different light. Uh, I think that's, that's important that our, our customers are aware of it. Is there uh, liquor liability would be another one of those that you've got to be really careful on because some carriers, uh, some carriers, that's a, uh, that's just part of the deal. Some carriers, that premium is based on the amount of, of liquor that's sold. Uh, so I, I think it's, it, it, that's, that's another part of the education. Tool. I completely understand. I agree with you completely on that. And it's funny you bring up the liquor liability before we hit record, you had mentioned that you had stumbled upon another niche in, in liquor stores, and you made the joke, if you don't know what that says about you, I just think it says that you were keen and aware of, you know, the possibility to write more business, and you took advantage of it. But how does, 
I'm interested to know how does one stumble upon a niche? Uh, and I'm sure some people out there are like, I'll tell you exactly how, but I'd like to hear it from, you know, Gardner Burton. Well, let, let's take the liquor stores, for example. Okay. That's not a plan. That was, hey, we went out and, and, and found a liquor store, and on most bops, liquor, liquor liability, you can add it to the policy, and it's not necessarily auditable. Uh, and it's just, it was just at that time, it was with John Burnett back, back in the 03, 04 days. At that time, you know, it was, it was a very small premium to add it to the policy. Um, and how important that is. You know, here we are in, in, in Arkansas, and one of the, the uh, this goes back to the education, one of the things, one of the uh, 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 important things to know is that state law actually supports uh, uh, the establishment. You know, if you, if you, in Arkansas, if you go out and uh, have too many drinks, well, it's on you, not, not the person that served you so much. I mean, that there's a level of that. And that's why it's necessary to have liquor liability, especially if you're selling alcohol, uh, either, either in a, in a package store or selling it in, in a uh, restaurant or bar, you know, because there's that opportunity that, you should have known better than to to give uh, somebody uh, who was obviously intoxicated more alcohol. However, uh, a lot of, of of policies out there, a lot that we would go up against, didn't have that liquor liability on it, and it was so easy to uh, grab that uh, policy and say, "Hey, you know." I, I realize my price is a little more, however, and I know that the state law is in your favor. However, for just this small amount, you've got this this a million dollars worth of, of coverage should anything ever arise. The reality is usually the same person isn't at the register all the time. You've got to have employees. And if you have employees, you're not over, you're not micromanaging everything and, and making sure that everything is done to the T. You're relying on other people. And isn't, isn't it nice to know that you have that coverage just in case something like that? So after you wrote your first here, one, again, here I am learn. trying to sell you liquor live. Have you, will you buy yet? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> so you found out a lot. You learned that education piece of, about the liquor stores and liquor liability that leads you to say, okay, I, I understand this niche a little bit more. Now I'm going to go after more of these. Or again, you just happen to look up uh, two years later and you had 20 liquor stores. How does that, what would no, that look it, like? It, it became very obvious that there was actually a need in the community for someone to go out and visit these stores and say, hey, you know, are you, are you missing this coverage on your policy? You know, this is the, the it, and, and to me, I thought, I, I thought it was a very important coverage. And obviously to the store owners, they thought so too. And that was how, so yes, it became deliberate after we realized that there was uh uh, a need for for someone to go out there and explain what this coverage did and how how it how it affected the policy and that's actually how we grew our niche with self storage is that same uh, they don't have to have the same uh, liquor well most of them don't most of them <laughs> reliability uh, expert no seriously that they needed there was a need in the community to uh, uh, have further explanation on what their policy actually covered and how XYZ policy is better here, where, where, where ABC policy is better here, 
you know, where is where is your comfort zone, Mr. Com- Mr. Customer, Mr. or Mrs. Miss Day of PC, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, going back to, you know, the education piece, and again, I told you before we started, I never know where these are going to go, and I'm glad that we're here on this, you know, landed here, because throughout my, uh, what is that, 17, 18 years, um, 16 years as a, as a rep in the business, I've, I've seen a lot of agents that don't want to educate their agents or they're afraid that they tell them too much, then they're going to figure something out, so to speak, or they're going to be able to, you know, be too educated and be able to use that against them. But you would say otherwise. Oh, definitely. You know, the programs that the associations offer in the state, uh, your CIC, your, your CPIA programs, you know, I think those are vital. I think your continuing education is vital. You know, there there is an argument out there that some of it is 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 fluff and and uh, whatnot. However, you know, I I rarely I have a love hate relationship with with continuing ed because rarely do I ever leave a continuing ed where I didn't learn something that I was either doing incorrect or uh, um, or uh, I just didn't know altogether uh, or enhanced what I was doing, uh, which which is even better, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of scary to think that a 15-year veteran of the industry learns something different when, they, when they're out there. But the reality is this, this industry is ever-evolving. Uh, it, it is always morphing into a different creature. Uh, I think Progressive was on the forefront of the technology. Uh, I think a lot of companies, there are some companies that have, have uh, if you will, gone and surpassed them. And there are still some companies that lag behind, but but there's no doubt that when I came into the industry, uh, uh, Progressive was was the uh, leader in that. And and uh, uh, I th- I think you see a morphing, uh, and now they are mirroring some of the other the the aspects of other um, technology industries, and it's follow the coverages from company to company because the same type of risk factors come into play on uh, on that. And, and I'm afraid I'm kind of geeking out on you there. So I'll, I'll, I'll back down just a little. Uh, no, I'm a, I, I know my, you know, I've got a lot of nerd listeners and I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to insurance as well. So you're, you're geeking out. It's fantastic. It doesn't bother me at all. So when you learn those things, you understand those things, passing that on to your customer is only going to enhance your relationship, enhance your ability to retain that customer in your eyes. That's right. And it's, it's about faith with your, between you and your client. Um, and I think you were, you were on the sales side. You learned this. You had to have. Uh, there, there are some clients you just don't want. Uh, and, and so you've got the faith goes both ways. Trust between a client and and the agent goes both ways, and uh, it's not all about you know. I think I think uh, for for uh, new agents, it's about filling the bucket. It's about filling the bucket, and and I get that because because the paycheck has got to come, so you you're filling the bucket, and and I think uh, uh, we find ourselves taking care of folks that uh, uh, don't end up taking care of us or or the companies for that matter. And that's a, a trap that you want to make sure you avoid. Uh, um, if it, you really have to question uh, an insured when, when 
if questions come up while if if questions and evasions come up while you're doing your investigation to write a policy, you're going to have that the entire relationship. I truly believe that. No, I. I, I hear you on that. It was a hard thing for me to learn as an agent from back to when I worked with my father to several years ago as an agent uh, with a, my, my prior boss, uh, a guy named David, would tell me certain uh, clients or certain prospects that I would be chasing. He would try to tell me, you don't, we don't want this guy or he's not going to fit with our culture. And I, I was like, you, I was filling the bucket. And he, like you said a minute ago, and I was like, I've got to get this commission in. And he would say, no, you know, you're going to wish you didn't. And sometimes he would get to have that ha-ha and say, you know, I told you so. You know, now this guy dropped off the books and we don't have him anymore three months later. Or this guy caused us a big claim or this guy gave you a headache or this guy you spent too much time on, you know, certificates and endorsements and wasted all your time on that for a small premium or whatever the case may have been. I should have listened to that. And I learned that over time, but that is a tough thing to do is walk away from a customer or even fire a customer for that matter. Once you've had them on the books. And I, I talked about that with, uh, I think maybe as you mentioned cash earlier, uh, but that's a tough thing uh, to, and maybe it's Brian, but something to say, you know, I'm going to fire this customer. Uh, but again, it goes back to understanding the education, the, the, the knowledge part of it that you've talked about so eloquently. Um, and I appreciate that. So, um, and I, I love that you've talked about PIA and you've talked about, you know, your involvement with the different associations. You know, I also noticed uh, one of the other things that as I've been to every year, the Hall of Fame, the Insurance Hall of Fame banquet. Uh, is that something, you know, obviously it is, you wouldn't be on the board, but that means a lot to me, to you. And what does that mean to you? And, and what do you see? How do you see that playing? You know, what role does that play in our industry and in your life and in, you know, the things that you're doing? Well, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up because, and we've been talking about education, education, education. Uh, when you and I started, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was no, there was no training out there for insurance agents. Um, ergo, it was, it was uh, learned by the seat of your pants, you know, trial by fire. Yeah, there was, there was CIC, but that doesn't teach you sales. That doesn't teach you how That's to right. get out there and do it. So no, back when we were getting into it, not that I was aware of, not in Arkansas. And, and you know, the reality, if you want to say the, the uh, to get your license, doesn't teach you how to sell. It doesn't teach you uh, 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 um, the new... It's a, a, a completely different world when you st- step into the agency side. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, it gives you a base knowledge, uh, but once again, the industry is ever evolving, and it's almost impossible for those who are putting the tests together to stay on top of that because every year something updates. Uh, some years more than others. Um, so uh, that's why I think it's important that a new uh, education program for insurance opened up at UCA. I, th- I think that's vital. Um, not only do I think it's vital, but the, the folks, I almost call them kids, but the folks that graduate from those programs are being snatched up by companies uh, left and right because they already have that knowledge base that it may take five years for an agent to to obtain, uh, if not longer. Uh, and wow, what a treasure to have uh, uh, someone fresh who knows the industry when they walk into your door. Um, and, and I think uh, Cindy Burleson is doing a phenomenal job 
with that program. Uh, I think uh, uh, I think it's important to do that. Uh, when I when I joined the board of the PIA, I believe in eighteen no no in in two thousand eight, uh, there were very few women who were running agencies. And and when I say that, they weren't even managing the agencies. You know, um, and and how I think the diverse uh, uh, makeup of agency owners and managers now has improved so much. I think there's still a long way to go in there. Uh, however, it only improves our industry as a whole uh, to have that. And you don't have those opportunities if you don't offer some sort of, sort of education platform like they do at uh, UCA. Uh, so it's, it's an honor to help try to uh, grow that um, um, uh, program uh, through through the insurance hall of fame um, I think I think it's vital um, and well no we're just not getting the youth into the the uh, industry and uh, these gray hairs are beginning to uh, <laughs> that we're 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 we've got to now talk about uh, perpetuation moving forward making they're ethical, uh, well-informed, well-educated agents out in the field taking care of our community. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And you're right. Um, we've got to get more young people and get rid of this old adage of pale, male, and stale in our industry. And so, but I'm glad that we can honor those that have been before us with the Hall of Fame. And I appreciate your work. Uh, with the Hall of Fame banquet and uh, the PIA and all the other things that you're involved in. And again, you've... Uh, been a big part of, of my life as well as my family, you know, as my, uh, you know, my whole family, we're all in the industry from dad on to my brother and to my wife. And so I, I appreciate the impact you've had and on our industry as well as my own life. Um, now, as we begin to wrap up, I do want you to have the floor for a few minutes. If there's anything I haven't asked you or we haven't talked about, I want you to take over. Uh, I'm going to hit mute and just let you talk about whatever you want to. It doesn't have to be industry related. It does. It doesn't. I don't care. Um, I just, uh, I think the audience would like to hear a little bit from you before we wrap up. So uh, I will go ahead and mute myself. I, I, I guess it goes back. I, it, it, we've talked about community. I, I think it's important. Uh, my grandparents, always instilled in me the importance of community, uh, working with your church, working with uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, city, whether it be through uh, some sort of uh, volunteer program or through the chamber. Um, that's why I think it's so important in the industry to be part of the associations um, and, and get involved and get to know your, your, they're not your competitors, they're your brethren, they're your sisters in the industry. Um, and uh, my my so-called competitors have probably helped me more than 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 anyone could could imagine. Um, and I think that's very important. And I think giving back is vital as well. I mean, we're blessed to be in this in industry, and we're blessed by by the uh, confidence of our 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 customers. And it's important that we we give back. And uh, uh, you know, I I. It wasn't until recently that I, I realized that, that you've got to show that a little bit as well. Um, not just to toot your own horn. I, I don't think that's important. I, I don't think uh, you should do anything for, for the sake of doing it. But you need, it is vital, and it's important, especially to this new generation, 
that they know that you're trying to take care of the community. Uh, ways that we're doing that is uh, one, of, one of my employees has every Tuesday off because she works at the food bank. And I, well, at a food pantry. Uh, and we support that food pantry. And that's important to give back to our, our local community. And, um, you know, I'm a Shriner. And I, I've, I sit on the board of uh, Shriners Hospitals for Children in Shreveport. And it, it's important to me to make sure that children can get to a hospital who have orthopedic, uh, who, cystic fibrosis, and can get the, the, the services that they need um, without having to worry about going through insurance or without having to worry about this awful uh, uh, bill that comes from the doctor or, or the hospitals. Uh, uh, most of these children, if not all of them, did, did not cause the injuries or, or the, the uh, 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 malformations that they, that they have. And, and being able to uh, take care of those children is uh, is a blessing, and, and and there's rarely a time I leave the hospital with a dry eye because you're seeing children that didn't have a life have a life, um, and more especially uh, if you if you have the opportunity to visit one of our burn hospitals, uh, that that makes your that makes all the volunteer hours that you've that you've groaned about all worth it just seeing a child tomorrow, and I I think that's that's important. Um, and that's your community, and that's that's taking care of your community, and uh, uh, because your community takes care of you, it's all it's all uh, cohesive. It's all part of uh, we're in our own little ecosystem, that, and we've got to take care of each other. And it's it, COVID is the same way. Uh, I think that's important that you that you take care of each other. We. We made it a point to try to um, go buy food from the restaurants we insure and cater lunches to those that were stuck in their their pod uh, uh, work environments because they didn't want to get out uh, and and that uh, that spoke volumes to to both those providing the food and those receiving and I think I think it's it's all about being together and working as a team. Love it, I absolutely love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now. Before we go, I do have one other thing I want you to do. Uh, I would like for you to share, if you don't mind, some contact info for people that uh, want to reach out to you to learn more about, you know, uh, anything that you've spoken about today, whether it's niches or learn about the PIA or learn about Shriners or learn about, you know, knowledge that you've uh, dropped on us. So if you would like to, or if you can, whatever contact info you can share, please do uh, accept your fax number. I don't think anybody uses faxes anymore. Gardner, come on now. <laughs> well, uh, my agency is Consolidated Insurance Consultants, Inc. in North Little Rock, Arkansas. You know, my email is pretty simple. It's Gardner at ArkansasINS.com. I'll just spell the state out and just put an INS on the end of it. Um, you can reach me by phone at 501-753-0353. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be a part of your podcast. I think you are the embodiment of community. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a citizen of Insurance Town. Uh, it's, it's an honor. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it, we couldn't have a better mayor. Uh, I, I, I'm just excited for your future uh, because I think, I think you're doing such a good service for the industry and the company you serve. Um, I, I just believe in everything you're doing. and it, it, It's such an honor to be here. Oh, man. 
you wanted me to cry. I may have just done it. You may have got me. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate the kind words. It means a lot to me. And I appreciate you coming to visit and uh, proud to have you as a citizen of Insurance Town. Thank you so much, buddy. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Heath. Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out my conversation today with Mr. Gardner Burton. I really hope that the content we brought you brought value to your day today. And that's what I hope we do on every episode. Thank you again so much for the love, for the downloads, for telling your friends about it, for subscribing. I really appreciate it. Don't forget October 20th through the 22nd of this year, this month, for the virtual value experience put on by the PIA of Arkansas. It's going to be amazing. Also, if you've got an idea for a podcast of your own, reach out to my man Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. The web address is getreadysetpodcast.com. Or you can find him on Instagram or Facebook or any other social media platform for that matter. He's awesome and he's easy to get in touch with. Ready, set, podcast. Turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you next week.